Well, well, well. That's right. It's Drop the Subject with Allie and Dr. James Simmons. Of course, lots to cover on today's show. There was a debate last night, a presidential one. There were moderators. There were timekeepers. There were words being spoken. There were words being misspoken. But let's start off the show (laughs) talking about... The thing that I really want to grill you on, James, which is Uh you auditioned for a show that I have been desperate to be on for quite some time. And I'm not talking about the L word. I am talking, of course, about auditioning to be the next contestant on The Price is Right. And you had an actual formal audition, which is not usually the case. I have been one of those suckers in line to go to a taping of The Price is Right and you don't get one of those one-on-one auditions. They're like, hi, what's your name? And you're like, my name's Allie! And they're like, what are you excited about? I'm like, play go! And then they're like, thank you, go ahead. And then you just sit there and hope that you get called. Is that how you said it too? Like, and you're like, and that's, (laughs) Plinko sounds like the 63-year-old like housewife in Wisconsin. Plinko! Yeah. Ah! But that made her own shirt and her cat's on it. You know, it's like a picture of her cat. Uh, this has a family history for me as well, but what is what was your experience like? Because you actually got pulled out of uh, a, a very specific crowd to audition for this. I did. So the, this is really kind of odd and exciting. Sometimes good things happen when you just put yourself out there. I will say that because um, I, I simultaneously every single day reevaluate my social media career. But one of the good things that happens with this is that someone reached out to me on LinkedIn of all places. <clears throat> And we had kind of chatted before. I think this person is a recruiter, like a healthcare recruiter. And Rand, I don't check my LinkedIn emails like a lot, but I no, some I always I get them, and, and I'm like, okay, there's some sucker who wants me to be an admin at yes, some tech company. Right. And they're <laughs> right. like, I love your profile. Thing. I'm like, you didn't even read it. I don't yeah, know how to I, do admin things. I know you're a bot, like yeah. you know, that's just like the bot emails or whatever. So, but I have this person. I'd actually had like a conversation with. So, I got a random email, and I checked it, and I was like. It said, hey, I know this is random, but, you know, I love everything that you do. I know what you do on social media because I don't really put a lot of my like social media stuff on LinkedIn. She's like, I know what you do on social media. I think you're really great. I think I love your personality. I think you would be fun for a game show. My cousin is the casting director for one of the casting agencies that casts The Price is Right. Would you be interested? And I was like, "Um, I don't care if this is a bot. Yes. Yeah, because like who doesn't want to do the prizes right? This is the best case scenario for any link. This is the be- biggest LinkedIn success story I've ever heard because <laughs> when somebody, even if someone was to re- reach out to you and it was real and then they were giving you a real opportunity to make some money or to win something and then they say it's for a game show, it's usually a game show that nobody cares about or that's in... Uh, it's trial period or they're like, oh, you're a great first responder. We're going to put you all on an island where you're at each other's throats. And the first person who, you know, like, <laughs> right. Yeah. If you if you survive and you're, we're going to make you all naked and covered in tarantulas. Are you up for it? So this is the best case scenario. And you went through with the audition. Yeah. Well, so back and forth. And then the next thing you know, this woman texts me and then whatever. And then I audition, I audition like, you know, FaceTime, like Zoom or whatever, do an audition. And it was a little bit weird because she was like, I only need five minutes. Are you at work? 
And I was like, I am. And she's like, that's okay. I only need five minutes. You just have to get to a place where you can be like sort of loud and show me all your personality. And I'm like, I'm in a hospital. Like, Mm. where am I supposed to go? So I like went outside in the courtyard of the hospital and I'm like screaming and jumping and like being all of the excitedness or whatever. And she's like, oh my God, you're great. Like, she's like, you are hysterical. My cousin was right. Blah, blah, blah. Apparently they're doing some sort of special episode for first responders or like, Mm. I'm sorry, essential workers. (sighs) Yeah. So, so you would be, the, you know, and you know, the prices are going to be like doubled and tripled because they haven't had their tapings. So they just have all these Kias sitting <laughs> in a garage somewhere. You, you win 38 Kias. <laughs> <laughs> Needed 17 deep freezes. Kias. <laughs> you get to go to Switzerland 14 <laughs> times. <laughs> like you lost Plinko. Don't Doesn't worry, matter. you get to do it Everyone again. Gets 50 wheel spins. <laughs> that would be fantastic. Well, let us know how it goes. And, Thank uh, you, I and will. of course, if you do get in, we must watch and we must cheer James on. When we come back, debates? Mm-hmm. After this two minute break. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. This is Drop the Subject on the new Channel Q. Dr. James Simmons, Ali Johnson, and this is Drop the President. Drop the President. Yes, that's right. Last night was the first of four presidential and vice presidential debates that happened in America. It was debate night in America. This one was moderated by Fox News host Chris Wallace from uh, it was incumbent Donald J. Trump, Republican against uh, Democrat Joe Biden, who really. James. um, Yes. uh, I'm sorry. Ali, you have a question. Ali Johnson. Yes. I was just wondering. My question is that I know we have a lot to cover um, at the first debate, first yes, debate it's, this was this really very, very important, yeah. uh-huh. uh, very very important. Pro- Someone would argue our the most hangs. Yep. important uh-huh. election of all time. Yeah. And instead of focusing on the many things that the current president said last night that mm-hmm. will infuriate us, because it was a doozy, um, I would vote that we completely change gears and just talk about how Eric Trump accidentally came out of the closet. <laughs> um, <clears throat> also, one of the most critical issues. Uh, that is going to uh, impact America's democracy going I forward. I vote for switchies. <laughs> okay, let's do switchies. How about closet, closet watch. watch? Yes, that's right. Eric Trump, the <laughs> junior, <laughs> who you know has put his foot in his mouth on many occasions. But um, you know, there was definitely a lot of people questioning what was going in his mouth after he made a statement on Fox <laughs> News. <laughs> I've was wondering if you were going to go there. Oh, you know I would. <laughs> Good. I'm proud. Okay. Carry on. And he he said something about, a, a, I guess, a, a Trump supporter, a, a female, a lesbian Trump supporter. That was, uh, that they were talking about her on Fox News. And then he said this. Let's just take a listen to the clip because you can hear the exact moment that Eric Trump comes out of the closet in the new york times and it talks it's this her her name is chris she doesn't want to give her last name because she says that her colleagues at work it wouldn't go well with them she lives in manhattan she's in her 50s secret trump voter that's right she is uh, she's gay so are you counting on this person on the secret voter Ainsley, that person's there. I'm telling you, I see it every day. The LGBT community, they are incredible. And you should see how they've come out in in full force for my father every single day. I'm part of that community and we love the man. And thank you for protecting our neighborhoods and thank you for for protecting our cities. We love the man. I didn't realize he followed up with we love the man. And we love the man. I mean, the (laughs) Twitter had a field day with this and they were like, some people were like, 
uh, some things I can't repeat on air, but they were like, how much does Eric Trump love his father if he's a part of the LGBT? Like, what does that mean? What are you trying to get at here? What part of the LGBTQ community is coming out in droves for this man? Um, How are you a part of that community? And how is Donald Trump exactly protecting our communities that you're a part of? Also, something about visuals of Eric Trump's legs and I, things. I don't. Yeah, I'm not going to. Well, go and there. some people were saying, hey, you know, it'd be nice if you let your wife know before you come out on national television. And he did eventually <laughs> clarify and said that he many of our close friends are part of the LGBT community, uh, which was the intent of my statement. But if there are many of your friends no. who are part of the LGBTQ community, you would know that saying I am part of the LGBTQ community means that you're a part of the community. I mean, you, you, like that's just actually that's just like English language, right? That's just sort of like like fourth grade English. Yeah, like, like I'm part of a fantasy football team. That that makes you part of a fantasy football team when you say it. So what right? does so that- Freudian slip? <sighs> and if he is being, if if this was a Freudian slip, and he really is a, a member, can we reject him? I think more importantly, where does he fit? So are we going like otter, like otter bear? I think he's just outside of the umbrella. Are we like a twink here? Are we like an elder twink? Or is he like going into daddy territory now? Or are we like daddy otter bear penguin? I don't know. But whichever one he is, he's the one who's getting slapped on the ass with a paddle. That's that one. (laughs) No, he might like it too. (laughs) Drop the subject. New Channel Q. Drop the subject with Allie and James. It's time for, because it is Wednesday, it is the Gay MA. That's right. It's a chance for us to get to know each other a little bit. Of course, we are all under the same LGBTQ plus umbrella, but I'm a gay lady. Uh, James is a queer man, and it's important for us to learn about each other's way of life. This is uh, this week we're going to do a listener submitted question, if that's all right with you, James. Oh, please. I would love that. Because I think this is interesting, and it might be a little uncomfortable, but we will learn a little bit about one another in the process. The question is, which canceled celebrity would you, mm, I don't want to use their phrase because it's not radio friendly, would you make sweet love to if they hadn't been canceled? Ah, ah, ah. Make sweet love to, oh, this is such an interesting, and also, of course, the first place I go is, what is the actual definition of canceled? Because the one of the first people that jumps to mind right away is Dennis Quaid. Oh. He, he is, like, full-on daddy stature, right? Like, he's definitely rocking that thing. And I think he's a very good actor, and he's apparently a very nice guy, but he also is in that dumb Trump campaign, like, anti-coronavirus video or whatever. Like, he's one of those, like, they can't tell us to wear our masks. But not really. In the same way that CeCe Winans, like, last week was in the video, and CeCe had to put out a video and be like, they just asked me to sing a song. I I just sang a song for these people. I didn't realize it was this whole thing. (gasps) Also, I wear a mask. Like, I do I do believe that coronavirus is a thing. Like, I think we should all keep staying away from each other. Dennis Quaid's been a little bit quieter about it. But so I've, I'm not sure he's, like, been totally canceled. But at least in my mind, some guy who would lend his likeness and his career 
to anything Donald Trump is going to get canceled by me and thus cancels every movie that he's a romantic lead in or where he saves the world because it's ending because of a big, you know, well, yeah, I mean, I mean, Dennis Quaid is a good one because he's someone who's an attractive guy. He seems like you when you watch his movies, there are some movies or some actors rather that you can watch in a movie and you know that they're a-holes. Like Russell Crowe yeah. has only always been like that for me. When I always. watch a movie with him in it, I'm like, this guy sucks. And I know mm-hmm. he sucks. Yep. Yep. And I don't need to meet him or know more about him. That is a blanket statement. And I know it's true. <laughs> right. But but Dennis Quaid is the guy where he seems kind of likable. And so when you learn someone like that, you, and, and you, hey, you didn't know if you develop an attraction for this guy. And then later on, he turns out to be a POS. Uh, that doesn't turn off your attraction to him necessarily sometimes it does i mean and some uh, people it gets more like some people they're like they're attracted to that right they're like oh i want to like angry makes exactly yeah that was how it was phrased in the question yeah (laughs) which one of these would you hate f so who would it be for you Allie? well see there are some very hot and and canceled people leah michelle is one of those she's extremely attractive Oh man so does her b-ness make you hot for her hot for her no no um uh, if she was drunk at a party and was really hitting (laughs) on me hard i don't know what would happen (laughs) Uh uh-huh all right fair Um, fair enough yeah uh, but also, Lana Del Rey's been canceled several times. She's uh, very attractive, but I she's annoying as a person. So I'm not I, trying to steal anything from black people. Question for the culture. Uh, question for the culture. But I think the one that I'm really going to go with here is someone uh, who's been consistently, consistently cray. And someone who's been consistently, consistently hot. And somebody who I thought was hot when the movie Clueless came out many years ago. Uh-oh. I'm going with Stacy Dash. Uh-oh. I knew you were going to go there. Oh, because <laughs> she's right. She's stunning. Like, like visually. I mean, those right? eyes. Not that that's, that's her value. It's not, but we're talking about people being hot. So, like, that's she has more value than that. But also, yeah, you're like, Stacey ja- Dash jumped off. I will, I'll point to the right. She dumped, jumped off the right end of the boat into years the deep ago, end of the right just, right yeah she has not come back like sometimes people do that and then they're like sorry guys got caught up in a cult like or you know a little bit too much like cocaine or whatever my bad and back nope stacy dash is like doubling down on it <laughs> yes and that makes us that i probably would not date her seriously because we'd have too many differences uh plus i'm married but she is the one that i would go uh go with so thank you for the game a question a uh, very question. odd that nobody picked rosie o'donnell and john voight oh wait i am not i was surprised. gonna go with ellen <laughs> <laughs> were you really i mean ellen's cute like <laughs> ellen's cute <laughs> All right, we both pick Ellen. That's the end. We'll be right back. The end. Goodbye. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject on the new Channel Q. Allie Johnson, James Simmons. And it is time for your weekly wake-up call because you know how we do and who we do it with is Dr. John Paul, educator, one of the smartest human beings on earth. And we are so lucky that Dr. John Paul joins us every week. This is our attempt to continue the conversation about race. And sometimes these conversations are really uncomfortable, but we definitely feel like we have this platform. We need to continue to educate ourselves, our listeners, each other, whatever. And I'm going to start this one off with a a story that happened to me. And I I have to speak in some vague isms. Um, (laughs) Because of this, because I'm not trying to put this person on blast, but I happened to use the word ghetto in describing something 
that was in my mind get like ghetto <laughs> like and ghetto in the very cl- like classic sense of mm-hmm. like how i grew up in the 80s and 90s if someone was acting ratchet if someone was acting incorrect if they were bringing you some bs you were like don't come at me with that ghetto whatever mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it was in that context right this white woman roughly my age was like that's not a term that we use anymore oh, oh she said and we we <laughs> and i and so, <laughs> we we is the key word and it in the moment i was like you know what you're right mm-hmm. People, i'm i'm from the hood we should stop an association and ghetto, ghetto in most people's minds, I think, brings up black ghetto, right? But there are lots right. of types of ghetto. But so just for the sake of our conversation, black ghetto. So we should stop an association between bad mm-hmm. and black ghetto. So in the moment, I was like, all right, okay, okay, you're right, you're right. You know what? Let me let me work on my words. Like mm-hmm. I literally wrote a dissertation, like I, I, write, I talk for a living, like whatever. I need to work on my words. Right. Well, then it got me all up in my feelings. And I was like, why is this? I can call something ghetto if I want to, especially because I'm from there. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Then I got to two minds about it and I still don't exactly know where I land. Dr. John, how do you feel about the word ghetto? Well, so this is the thing for me. I think we, we have to be mindful that yes, words mean things. And I think it's important to understand that there have been a lot of words that have been given really negative connotations and a lot of negative kind of, um, I, I, I think the word stigma might be right, right? There's different stigmas and different things that are connected to certain words. But we have to also think about it from this idea too, that there is a certain type of vernacular that Black people carry that is not a universal you know, language. It's not a universal terminology, right? So the first thing that I think you're probably, I would say the dissonance that you're probably feeling is first this idea that you're being policed in the sense of how you utilize your words when you're talking about something that's related to your Blackness. And I think that that's something that a lot of people remiss, um, specifically when we start getting into conversations around like even, and I'm going to go there, right, with the N-word, right? There have, I've had folks say, you know, that's very unprofessional of you, Dr. Higgins, to use that word. And I have to turn around and I have to say, well, first of all, what is professionalism when we really think about it? But also, mm-hmm. too, the N-word means a lot of different things for a lot of different Black people. And where I'm from, as someone who is from Compton, as someone who is from San Bernardino, as someone who lived in between the two, that word carries something for me. So when I use the word ghetto, for me, I'm talking about ghetto in the sense of a, a Black colloquialism that I think that some people don't fully understand. Ghetto in the sense of whiteness is not the same terminology as ghetto in the sense of what it means for Black people. And so I think we really need to have a real conversation around that, around this idea that certain words mean certain things to certain races or even certain groups, right? I even think about the F word for queer folks. I think about the gay word for, you know, for for, for queer folks. Like these Mm -hmm. words mean different things for different groups. And I think when you are an outsider to that group, you don't really have a say and how said group gets to use said word. Hmm. Well, there's obviously a lot more to cover here. So we will take a break. We're going to take a two-minute break. It's our two-minute promise here on Drop the Subject. We're talking to Dr. John about, I guess, terms that are considered not politically correct and when... Ghetto. Like (laughs) ghetto and many, many more. So uh, stay tuned because I've got a question for Dr. John right after this. Drop the Subject. The new Channel Q. Welcome back to Drop the Subject with Allie and Dr. James Simmons. We're talking to another lovely doctor, Dr. John Paul. 
who we talk to every week. It's our weekly wake-up call. It's our effort to continue conversations about racial injustice in this country. We're talking about terminology right now. We're talking about specifically people of color using, quote, non-politically correct terms. And one of the examples that James brought up was his use of the word ghetto. Dr. John Paul, I I think it's interesting that you bring up the word policing, which you brought up in the last segment. You know, black people are constantly feeling policed all the time. Does it feel a little bit freeing to say, hey, you know what, when it comes to my language and how I talk to fellow black people, I can say whatever I want because it's one of the few free spaces that I feel I can take. And that is the that is that on that when you when right. you put a little in, in my yes. <laughs> just saying my on my black mind that is the sugar on my rice I will say this I think that is the one thing that I I, I genuinely really have to think about a lot or I, I challenge people to think about a lot you know the way I talk when I have to be in the classroom the way that I talk when I'm on a a very important call with a network the way I have to carry myself when I'm conducting business right. I have to constantly check and think about the the language that I'm using. So when I'm with my, and I like to say it this way, when I'm with my black family, right, whether they are really my family or not, you know, I've even had black family members say, oh, I don't like the N-word. And I've had to tell them, well, I do, you know, and I, when I'm in black spaces, I do not want my language. I do not want the things that I say and how I say them being not only um, policed, but ultimately too, I don't want to have to restrict myself. And I think that's the big part of it, right? As black people, we are constantly having to check our identity. We're having to check the way that we show up. We're having to check the way that we present ourselves when we get around certain individuals or when we're talking about certain things, especially if, you know, so so for instance, like I said, as someone who grew up off of, you know, 128th and Martin Luther King in LA as a kid, you know, hood, ghetto, all of these different terminologies, they explain a big part of the way that I grew up. And so for someone to come around and say, you shouldn't say that, or you shouldn't use that word, it makes me feel uncomfortable. Sometimes I have to turn around and say that uncomfortability that you have, that's for you to work out. That has nothing to do with me. Mm-hmm. And you have to go sit with why you're not comfortable with the word ghetto. Because what I have to ask is if a person says, well, I don't like that word. Okay, well, what definition of that word do you have? And what does it mean to you? And ultimately, why does it make you feel uncomfortable? And I think that that's the thing. We, we don't internalize our own relationship to certain words, certain conversation pieces. And I think that that's what we need to start doing a little bit more of. You know, you mentioned internalizing what these words mean to you, as well as like, it also ties to another conversation we were sort of having right before this interview with Dr. John about those of you who are watching Lovecraft Country, there's this incredible episode. I won't tell all of it because if you haven't caught up, but this episode, I left the episode Uh. thinking, wow, for my whole life, I've, I've felt like I've had to shrink. I've had to put myself in a particular box to keep people happy. And even an extension of that, especially growing up in Nebraska to keep white people happy. Yep. And then I I thought about the conversation that I knew we were going to have and the story I was going to share about using the word ghetto. And I was like, that's another, in a long line of things that I had a white person policing my use of the word. And my instantaneous reaction was to like back off and make her happy so that she was uncomfortable. So then quick question, what if that person had been a person of color? Would you have, re- would your reaction be different? It, that's very interesting. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure I would have had a different reaction because I, th- I think for so, such a long time, my gut reaction mm. is to just, uh, you're right, you're right. Let's, let's not use words that make people uncomfortable. Or, you know, this person is telling me that, that if I use the word ghetto, it continues to make black folks look bad mm. and she's white. 
I better not use that word. And if then a black person is saying, well, don't use that word. It makes us look bad. Then maybe I'm like, okay, I better not use that word because it's, it's like every little thing we can do to like continue to elevate black folks. But then I just realized like I'm all caught up in other people telling me what I can and can't do at the end of the day, which is the whole damn point, you know? Yeah. I would say the one thing that I really want to just get in there. And I think it's so important is also to black people, you know, policing what other black people say. That is an element of respectability politics. We have talked about it several times on this show, this idea that we have to make, or when we say don't say that or don't use those words or don't talk that way, who are we, why are we saying it? And ultimately, who are we ultimately trying to appease by having that mindset as people of color? Mm. That is rooted in respectability politics. And so I always like to tell people when I'm speaking, when I'm working, when I do anything, I always like to let people know, I do not adhere to respectability politics. The way that I show up is the way that I show up. And if you do not like it, that means that I am not for you. And I think that that's what's important in these conversations is that we really need to start interrogating why am I uncomfortable with this? Why does this make me feel a certain way? And what is my relationship to the word? If it makes you uncomfortable, again, that is the work that we all need to be doing on our own. Words mean different things to different people. And that's kind of the overlying point of this, but very interesting. And if you want to follow up on what Dr. John is doing at Dr. John Paul, you can do so. You can also go to their website, drjohnpaul.com. Dr. John Paul is an activist, an educator, and an incredible human being. And we thank you for your time as always. Thank you for having me. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject presents News It or Lose It. That's right. It is time for News It or Lose It. And you are going to do this and you are going to hear this from Allie Johnson and James Simmons. That's me. Allie is her. We have both two headlines. We will read these headlines. The other one will decide if we news it or lose it. You may or may not have heard this game before. Allie, I have my binger banger dinger clanger back today. Oh, perfect. Lovely. I don't. (laughs) You don't, but you do have two headlines. What are they? Fire away. All right. Here's your first headline, James. One of the Friends main cast was supposed to be gay. 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 (laughs) That could have like helped to change the world. I kind of like that story. Let's news it. All right. You're newsing it, which means you're losing the fact that bras are going extinct, which just makes me happy. Yay. Bye bye, Brazier. Free the nipple. <laughs> Free the nipple. Um, are you ready? <clears throat> yeah. Actress Jane Sibet played a lesbian on Friends. The part turned her life upside down. Wait, which one was that? Okay, uh, fine. We'll just do a Friends themed one. I'll news it. <laughs> You're going to news it. I'll... I just feel like hitting my binger banger dinger. How do we both have friends stories? I know. How about that? And I don't even like, I was with Oprah. I'm like, friends need some black friends. Like I'm over this. And then they brought in Aisha Tyler for like two seasons. And they're like, see, we did it. We brought a black person on. Whatever. Um, Well, and that show wasn't, didn't they steal that idea from another show that was. other shows that were like like Living Single and like all these other shows that were, yeah. Uh Uh-huh. That were black Shows. Anyway, the one that you lost, and we always say that we'll never speak of this again, but maybe we'll oh, sneak this one in later in the week or something. Chicago's LGBTQ neighborhood, Boys Town, changes its nickname. Oh, we talked about that. So they did end up changing they it. They did end up changing it. They're now it is North Halstead Street, and that is also the region. North Halstead is a part of Lakeview in Chicago. Know how? So now they're calling it North Halstead. Huh. Okay. So, and, I would have thought they'd gone with Norhall. Or, I don't know, something. 
just the town. That would have been nice. The town. The, the town. Um, anyway, I will. I'll do mine here first because it's not as. It's not probably maybe as huge as yours is, but it, since we're doing a friends themed one, they did have a quite a long for a long time. They had a lesbian uh, storyline. Um, this couple and they had a baby and one of the people who was in this couple's name is Jane Sabet. Oh, it's Ross's ex-wife. Yes. That's who it is. Yes, uh-huh. you got it. Glad someone who watched the show knows. I mean, I kind of watched the show, but she would. She just went on. She was interviewed um, by a really popular blog and about how her character really helped to change people's minds and, you know, how did this impact her career? And she actually was like, it impacted my career a lot. But what ended up happening was she didn't realize she got so much vitriol from like America and that people like her father, people, members of her church, all these other people were like, how can you play a role like this? It's wrong. Wow. And she's like barely in it too. They have like a scene every like a couple of scenes every season. Yeah, I think it went on for a few seasons, but it wasn't a lot of scenes. You're right. Um, yeah, no, like she's always in the show because she's the mother of one of Ross's, Ross's kids. kids. Yeah, or yeah, one of them. But she, I think this was really sweet of her, though. She said, and I felt like it was really important for me to be super clear. Love is the most important of all the things that we could possibly do. Love is the most important way forward from anybody. So that was my biggest responsibility to make sure people knew that because I played this character. Hmm. That was all really right. cool Let- of her. That is very cool. It's crazy that back then, if you play a gay character, you immediately either become an icon or an object of people's hate. (laughs) Right. Um, So during the original uh, idea of the show, when, when they were first developing the show Friends, one of the producers, I guess... This is according to a Ranker article, so I don't know if the story's been checked out, but Ranker's pretty dependable, said that they originally intended the character Chandler to be gay. Could oh, really? I be any more into D? <laughs> Very good. Friends people will the, get that joke. The, um, they instead decided to completely switch gears because, shocker, they weren't sure people were going to accept Chandler for being gay. Shocker. They instead made him straight and then just made jokes about him being gay all the time. Because that's funny. Matthew, right, because that was the funny thing. And then I guess rumor has it Matthew Perry once vetoed a storyline involving Chandler going to a gay strip club because it made him feel uncomfortable. Oh, so too bad. I love how all these actors get no, no, you don't get to do that, boo. We, t- yeah. I mean, you get a little bit of say in this, but like just because that's the character, the story arc of the character. I can't wait. Sometimes, whatever. I can't with these actors. Go to the gay strip bar. It won't make you gay, I promise you. I know. Progress, how you doing? Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject. James and Allie, Allie and James. It has been a lovely Wednesday with you. We have done a lot on the show today, and it's been it's been kind of fun. Also very, very interesting and insightful. I think our conversation with Dr. John Paul, though we didn't go like super mega ultra deep, was one of my favorite just because, I don't know, it, it was something I kind of was all up in my emotions about. So if you missed that, of course, we have a podcast. Please go and download that podcast at radio.com. Or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Download, like, give us five stars. It really helps out. Um, we had a Friends-themed News It or Lose It, which was kind of interesting. <laughs> the hottest uh, celebrity that's been canceled that you still might bone. Um, and a, <laughs> can I, bone. Bone, can I say that? And yeah. a special uh, Drop the President slash Closet Watch combo. But if you missed it, you'll have to download the podcast and check it out. Um, so we always love when you get at us, too, on social media at DTS show DTS family. 
Yes, welcome to the community, Eric Trump. And just as a, a quick at Ask the NP before we go, do you think something's going on with Eric Trump? <laughs> like, like, is he like, actually family? No, like, is he on drugs? <laughs> <laughs> okay, lot this this comes up a lot. So I it don't, does. I Everyone's don't. circulating videos of him and being like, his eyes are glazed over, uh-huh. his eyes are half mass. Uh-huh. Um, you know the way that I mean, Adderall is trending like every day on Twitter for either <laughs> Donald Trump or Eric Trump. So, what uh-huh. are your observations as a medical professional? So, unfortunately, I have made it a habit to spend as little time looking at Eric Trump as possible. Yeah. Um, so I, I honestly have in some not, ways he's more annoying. Yeah, in in a lot of ways I, he's more annoying. I don't I don't know if maybe it's just because we haven't been flooded, which is with as much Eric Trump. Like you just can't get away from Donald, but you can get away from Eric. So I don't know, but I pr- I promise you that I will spend a little more time staring at Eric Trump and watching these glassed over eyes to give you my official assessment. Generally, when people generally it's a where there's smoke there's fire thing. When things like that come up medically generally there's something going on when people are like, I don't know about this person. There's something sick. I think right. If you wrong. If, say if like, you bring something up, then there's probably something over wrong. time. Yeah. If enough people do. So if enough people have been like, dude, I know cocaine and this dude's on cocaine, he's probably on cocaine. Just saying, <laughs> I don't know for a fact. Don't sue me. Yeah. Eric Trump, I know you're listening because you are uh, <laughs> just trying to, to the podcast. <laughs> yeah. You subscribe <laughs> to the podcast because you want to know what your community is up to. I get right. it. Yes. So if we are wrong, go ahead and call us up or give us a message at DTS show direct message us anytime. All right. Well, it's been fun. We will see you tomorrow for another thrilling episode. And again, if you missed anything, download that podcast. And uh, to anybody who was given up Given the love to me on social media on my anniversary, uh, thank you so much. I posted yesterday about my official anniversary date, and um, it's nice to look back on two years ago and to be like, that was so fun. I want to do it again. Oh, wait, if I did do it again, it would be completely different. Um, but all of you were commenting. and It was very appreciated. I didn't even realize how many <clears throat> like friends and family would reach out and say happy anniversary. I, that was not something that I expected. And then I got like a random uncle emailed me and was like, happy anniversary. I was like, Aww. okay, that's thank really you. sweet. Like, do you is there who in your life do you are you close enough with to, that you would send an anniversary card or do something specific for somebody else's anniversary every every day, other than like a parent? Well, I was gonna say the only people's anniversary I really think about are because my my dad and stepmom were together for a very long time before they could get married, and then they once they finally got married, it was like not really a big like celebration or anything, but it was just kind of a big deal that they were able to get married. So I always sort of remember their anniversary. And then my mom and stepdad got married on Christmas day. (laughs) So that one's kind of easy. Oh, that's easy. Super easy to remember. So I always remember those. And I think it's really sweet because all four of my parents have kind of like interesting stories. So I remember that, but I don't think, I mean, and I have been in, I should have been Catherine McWhat's her name or whatever. in that story, 27 27 dresses. dresses. I've been in 14 weddings. In. Oh, you do seem like a person that people would want VIP at the wedding. I bring like, the house down, Allie. I'm sure you do. I am, like I, the, I am the same. I <laughs> Are you? Have, yes. I went to a wedding where I probably knew the people. I mean, I, I was on the bubble for sure, but they uh-huh. were rich. So I got in. Nice. And nice. we, me and my friend ended up being the life of the party. We were taking it. We did like a dance party in the middle where everybody was cheering <laughs> us on and playing music for us to dance to. And nice. I caught the bouquet. I was like the celebrity. Whoa. And then I went to their 
one-year-old birthday party, uh-huh. like one-year-old's birthday party a couple of years later, and people were like, oh my God, you're the girl from the wedding. <laughs> I was like, that's right. Yes, I was. <laughs> yeah, uh, so, you can, uh, $10 a those- selfie. Good wedding guests. Yeah, $10. All right. We'll see you tomorrow, everyone. Bye-bye. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q.